Welcome to the audio version of Hannah Jane's Words newsletter from the 17th of April. Time is, time was, time is not. Oh man, I got no news. You? Thankfully, the Smithsonian does, even if it's news from the 19th century, which is frankly my favourite kind of news. It's about the guy who invented hiking. Considering the number of books I've read about walking, I would have thought one of them would have mentioned Claude-François Denacourt, who created the world's first hiking trails in the French forest of Fontainebleau. But none of them did, so thank goodness for the Smithsonian Magazine's article about him. And Outside Magazine has done an impressive pivot, given that its entire subject matter has been rather sidelined right now with a beautiful story by Heather Hansman about the pandemic affording us an opportunity to get to know the nature in our neighbourhood. It reminded me of Jenny O'Dell's idea in her book How to Do Nothing, about getting to know your bioregion, which I've talked about in a previous newsletter. Actually, that bioregion bit forms quite a small part of her book, but it's obviously made an impression on me, (laughs) because I keep referring to it. And also... Uh, On the internet this week, I met the world's coolest family. They just hiked the whole of the 3,000 kilometre to Araroa track, which runs the length of New Zealand, all in one go. It's in New Zealand Geographic magazine, and it's such a great mag. Check it out. What I've been reading. Or rather, re-reading. According to my pencilled note on the inside cover, I bought The Morville Hours by Catherine Swift, in 2010, while visiting Knoll, a stately home in Kent that was the ancestral home of Virginia Woolf's one-time lover, Vita Sackville West. Woolf described it beautifully in Orlando, her extended love letter to Vita and one of my favourite books. So I've owned the Morville Hours for a decade, and judging by all my scribbled notes and underlinings in different pens and pencils, I've reread it many times, and I'll keep reading it because it's got so much in it. Swift has also written, by the way, The Morville Year, which is a collection of her gardening columns for the Times. And hooray, I just saw that she's got a new one on the way called Rose for Morville, scheduled for a June release. Don't know if the pandemic's going to derail that, but I hope it won't, because I can't wait. So on one level, The Morville Hours is the story of how the author, Catherine Swift, an academic and garden historian, created a garden at the Dower House in Moorville in Shropshire, where she lives as a tenant of the National Trust. The book is structured in the form of a year in the garden, beginning as the year turns, midnight on New Year's Eve. In the 12th century, a monastery was built at Moorville, which was later destroyed in the Reformation, and Swift's chapters are each named for one of the eight church services, or the hours, that formed the waypoints of a Benedictine monk's day. So the Morville Hours is itself, in its own way, a book of hours, those illuminated medieval manuscripts that set out the prayers said at each service. So layered within this double structure, the year and the hours, are almost too many elements to list. One of its big themes is time, of course, in all its looping, recursive forms. The illustrations in A Book of Hours acted as a precursor to the Almanac, describing all the seasonal activities that marked out the life of a medieval British peasant. And she points out, Swift that is, quote, the 21st century is fighting a losing battle to keep its calendar. Gardeners, of course, have never lost it. 
So onto this time-bound framework, she layers the various histories of Moorville, geological, social, climatic, political, as well as meditations on the senses, glimpses of personal memoir, and expositions on subjects as wide-ranging as hedge-laying, the burning qualities of various woods, the history of high days and holy days, and much more. It's a hedge-laying, actually, that gave me a metaphor for the structure of the book. Quote, with its rhythm of bright, freshly cut vertical stakes hammered in at intervals, its long swathes of laid boughs, and its trills and top notes of twisted hazel, it looks like a line of music much like the book, which took Swift years to write, and her love and labour in working and reworking the text over, just as she works the soil of her garden year after year, are all evident right the way through from the complex braided structure to the sentences in which each word is carefully chosen and polished bright. Rosemary and rue, hawthorn and rose and yew, marsh marigolds and meadowsweet, wild violets and pinks and thrift. The book is fragrant with all the sweet old English plants I love. Maybe I'm fragile right now, who isn't? But I was on the edge of tears several times during this rereading. Homesick for an England I'm not sure I ever really knew. Like all great books, The Morville Hours is both timeless and relevant to our era. This quote unsurprisingly struck me this time round. Quote, I'm digging in. I travel in time now, rather than space. My expedition's only as far as the end of the garden. Distance has nothing to do with remoteness. I'm obsessed by roads, but never go anywhere. I pore over maps, but I'm rooted to the spot. I dream of distant islands, but found one here, bounded by my own garden wall. And I'm continuing with that pandemic reading list and going full escapism this time with children's books. And if you want to escape the present, I've got you. These are all time travel novels. So a theme is definitely emerging for this newsletter. And isn't time doing weird things now we're all at home all the time? I loved A Traveller in Time by Alison Utley so much that my battered childhood copy, I think it's now lost, was missing its cover. And perhaps better known than that one is Tom's Midnight Garden by Philippa Pierce. And intended for children a little younger, I think, but still enchanting for adults, is the Children of Green No series by L.M. Boston. And Five Children and It by E. Nesbitt is also a stone-cold classic. And I just realised I do actually have news, although it's bounded by my own garden wall, like Catherine Swift's. Some of my cosmos seeds have germinated. No luck with the snapdragons yet, but it's only been a week since I planted them. So I am feeling like a baby gardener who's doing quite well so far. See you in two weeks.